So yeah, go ahead, brother. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, thanks, Brother Aiden, for the encouragement. Uh, I guess I did, you know, it wasn't me, but I'm glad the Lord spoke to you guys last time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I got, I'm getting this opportunity to do so again. And, and I love the verse, uh, the verses that Brother Greg's, uh, gave me, um, today because, um, I think it's really going to speak to all of us. And it really spoke to me and it just, kind of encourages um what's happening in this ministry and, and in other ministries alike where i'm a part of um so today's uh teaching will come from second timothy chapter one verses three through ten um i'm also just going to like i just want to pray one more time uh, lord i just ask father uh just for living understanding retention and um i just pray lord that we can just really live this word out i pray that we can really put in to practice the things we're hearing that they don't just stop here but instead they they're like frontlets for our eyes things that we can wear on our wrists lord to keep us um in step with your spirit and and with you so i have your way today in jesus name amen so i'm gonna go ahead and start reading um oh she got it i think yes okay i'm gonna be reading from the uh, niv so um it says i thank god whom I serve as my ancestors did. This is Paul speaking with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Um, so I don't know if like any of us have really experienced um, having someone who intercedes for you faithfully. And I think we all know, like in this, at least in this ministry, we have brother Greg who intercedes um for us you know faithfully and constantly and remembers us um in his prayers and uh you know that's an example for us right because um it's one thing you know we kind of really in the west we we really have gotten used to the pastor who prays for five minutes after the ted talk and he's like peace out see you later where instead we actually have a brother in the lord who um is tending to the sheep tending to the sheep means that even when i'm not preaching to you on whatever day that we've designated for you to hear the word of god i'm also um praying for you in private because um you know what and and i and i've really experienced this as, as the lord has led me to disciple people um when i pray for them in private the lord or the holy spirit will kind of like put a check engine light in my spirit for them when i'm interceding for them so when people stop showing up when people are going through things that they're not telling me about the lord will because i'm interceding for them share with me what it is that they're going through so that i can pray for them but also like go forth more in stewarding um them because the uh like the reality of having a spiritual father or mentor who prays for you is that they can they're not like going to be limited naturally the lord will actually supernaturally give them insight into your life and it's not because the lord wants your leader to gossip about you or anything like that but you're in that mentor leader's care in that flock because the lord has something for you there and the lord felt like that mentor was going to do what needed to be done which is pray for you because sometimes let's be real we it's hard to pray for yourself <laughs> um 
and if you're not used to praying, if you're not really, um, you know, if you're, if you haven't stood the test of fires of intercession, where sometimes you may have to press in for an hour or two hours, sometimes you may have to really like even humble yourself and fast, you know, there, you may not be able to do it all in your own strength. So that's why, um, leaders or mentors, spiritual fathers and mothers are brought into your life to then do some of those things that which you aren't able to do um, for yourself right now. And it doesn't mean that you won't be able to, because I think the beauty of a leader or mentor praying for you is that you one day you grow up and you graduate and you get some of those skills that um, you didn't have before. I mean, of course, like you pray for them, but it's different when your mentor or your leader is also praying for these things because the Lord will start leading them to pray um, for those giftings that you don't have yet. And then sooner or later you'll get them. And you'll be like, well, wow. Well, how did this happen? Oh, somebody was praying for me. That's the beauty of prayer is like, um, especially prayer for mentors or leaders for the flock is that the flock can then they can grow into the gifts. They can, they soon have this hunger for gifts that they didn't have before, but it's because of the faithful intercession of um spiritual fathers and mothers and um you know that's that's really something that i I've, I've really seen happen in this hour and as i was praying um a couple of days ago i was just praying for this generation and and you know i just really felt from the lord to call like gen z instead of just leaving them at gen z they can be generation zion why because of us who will pray and intercede for them because there's a possibility. I don't even think it's a possibility. I think it, it, it can happen that this generation not be a generation of Satan as much as he'd like to make it out to be that way. But through the faithful prayer of spiritual fathers and mothers, this generation can become a generation that is fully devoted unto the Lord. And it's not impossible for him. So I just like, I really love how uh, Paul says to Timothy, I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. Like, it's it's really you know i think because of paul's intercession timothy just only grew further and endured longer and really became prosperous because of the intercession that paul was doing um over his life and it's you know there's nothing wrong with having someone having a leader constantly in prayer for you and don't look at it as you know it's not anything to be looked down upon. I'd rather somebody be praying for me than not praying for me because when the devil's trying to sideswipe me, there's, you know, those prayers from your leader or mentor, it's like the shepherd's rod. It's pushing the, it's pushing the wolves back. It's keeping the wolf off of you. And, um, you know, ne never, don't ever downplay having a leader who prays. Um, and we're, we're really tempted to do that nowadays. We really want to force leaders to give us, you know, our 30 minute and a coffee um, sermon on Sunday. When in reality, we, we actually need like, we need food, we need sustenance, we need meat. You know, the milk, eventually, it's not that the milk like is bad, but it, I mean, milk does go sour over time. Like, you know, you need meat to, to be sustained so that you don't go, uh, getting that like impossible meat that the devil gives you you know like in the stores where they have like that fake meat now for vegans like that's the type of stuff that they're serving with the ted talk sermons it, it's not healthy it's not sustainable it brings more pain than it does understanding and 
and honorable stewardship and discipline. Amen. So, um, you know, don't neglect that. I, I really, I really thank God for, um, you know, each day for, uh, brother Greg and his family and, and how he's really built this ministry to be a ministry of prayer and, um, how the Lord has really like used him and, and his faithfulness in prayer. Um, so uh, yeah, we're going to keep reading here. Uh, uh, verse four, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. Um, I hope one day we can all meet, you know, Lord willing. Uh, but I, I love that, you know, there's this longing to see each other. Sometimes in church culture, you're like, dang, I don't want to see. I hope I don't run into sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. But um, there's this fostering of, of like family like Paul and Timothy aren't related by blood, but they are related through Christ. Um, and, you know, yes, <laughs> you know, um, they're related through Christ and, and it's a beautiful thing when we really do um, be like family to one another, because, you know, uh, my, my grandfather used to say like, nobody can do you like your family, which is true. You know, a lot of, outsiders of your family may not give you food that you need may not pick you up if you need a ride like you know I'm, I'm just reminded of uh when brother greg helped me get my grandfather back um on the east coast when my grandfather made some some wild decisions but it was just a blessing because of that connection because of um our relationship through christ and and me uh you know the like don't forsake family don't forsake the body there's so many things god can through god can do through the body and when you're lone rangering it when you're like living in your offense harboring your offense piecing out everybody you you don't really get to experience that the joy the fruit the wonder that god can do um through the body and um you know, I, I just really felt like saying that um, because I I personally, I had given up on the body years ago, but it took the Lord using the body to bring me back to the body. It's so insane how that all works, but it's true. Um, you know, I and, and that's one thing I try to tell my disciples is like, don't hide your life. Don't don't be ashamed of, of opening up to your family. And, and, and I, and a thing that I also pray for in the body of Christ is that we, um, we, we are like a green pasture. We are a safe place for the prodigal sons and daughters to return that we're not shunning prodigal sons and daughters away. Um, you know, I, I just, I just really pray that we, we live that out because the Lord isn't shunning his prodigal sons and daughters away. But sometimes I've seen cases where the church does, and um, that's not good for the body. So I pray that we continue to increase in our longing to fellowship with one another, you know, to, to be there for the corporate prayer, to be there on days like today where we get to hear the ministering of the word of God. Um, and also just, you know, to keep each other in remembrance when we pray for one another, because when we pray for, you know, for one another the lord just does incredible things testimonies are 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 happening there's um prophetic words that are coming to pass um you know the fruit of our gathering isn't that we uh 
you know, we just get together and, and, and stay for an hour, but there's a lot of work happening in the spiritual. There's a lot of work um, happening because like, you know, I don't know what people are going through throughout the week, but when I intercede or pray for them, I'm led to pray about what they go through. And then I'm longing to hear what did the Lord do for them? And then, you know, then the Lord finally shares that. Like, I remember I was interceding for one of my disciples for, uh, he's a singer and um, he, he just came. He's like, I really want to go to Italy. I, I really feel like, you know, this, this Italy trip is going to be great for me to develop my craft. And so we, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed for him. And um, a couple of like weeks later, I get a text. He's like, yeah, I made it. I'm going to Italy now. All the money came through. Everything's, I'm, I'm good to go. And it's because of the fact that I like interceded um, and that, you know, he, he was honest with me about what he had um, wanted, um, you know, for his life. And because of that, I was able to watch the Lord work and, um, you know, and even though when he went to Italy, like he wasn't able to really join a lot of the meetings, I was longing to see him again. He finally popped up this week after a hiatus in Italy, but it was just joy to my spirit to see him return because, um, you know, I, I just, just quick side of the Lord has really led me to a lot of like young men who are gifted musically and, um, you know, Satan just wants to pervert their gift and the Lord has led them to me to just remind them of what the gift is for. And like, once again, I said, I really love brother, Greg. like, I'm glad the Holy spirit gave this verse to brother Greg, because this is really like walking in tandem with, um, the ministry that I, I've been working with and, and the people that the Lord has led me to work with. Um, but yeah, don't be, don't dread seeing your family. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, I get sometimes seeing your earthly family, like, oh man, I, I don't really want to see cousin there. You know, all these. You know, it's it's. But when when the people of God come together, that should be a joyous occasion. It's in fact, it's biblical. It's in the Bible. It's going to be more than a joyous occasion. I mean, I was joking with um a couple of brothers a while ago. I'm like, I I don't. I hope Jesus has enough like <laughs> has enough garments because there's going to be a lot of people crying. <laughs> gonna be so many people crying and he's gonna be wiping so many tears i'm like i hope he has enough i hope he has a change of a robe or something because it his robe is going to be soaked um with the tears of the saints and it, it's just so it's so beautiful that he's not going to be ashamed of our crying but he's just gonna you know just hold us while we do all of that and and, and really minister to us all and it's something to look forward to it's not something to dread and i love how christ isn't dreading to see us um so glory be to God. Uh, let's continue on here. I'm reminded of your, verse five, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Um, there's something to be said about faith being practiced in the home. Um, and and last night I, I did a, a prayer uh, night watch and I was just led to pray for parents um, in this hour because it's it's really, it's not easy parenting in this age. The government's trying to 
you know, I, I fortunately I heard in um, California that the government is trying to enact a law where if you don't want to let your child be something that uh, let your child be have an identity that a demon gave them, the government can then take your child and um, turn them into whatever that demon has called them to be. And I just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And I pray for parents because there's just so much. Um, the odds are really being stacked against them. And, you know, it's not, it's not okay. And I, I, I believe that the body of Christ has to, like, we can no longer be bystanders to, um, what is happening. The, the, the agenda against parents and their children. Um, you know, I, I really, I really believe that when we foster faith in the home and we train our children up in the way of the Lord, when the world tries to impose its views and ideology on our children, our children could be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and not bow. They can be like, you know, uh, Daniel. And even though they say, oh, you can't pray in school, they'll go find a place somewhere and pray. I really think that it it starts like based on that verse it starts in the home you know um and that doesn't mean that like if you come from a family of unbelievers like you're you're at a loss like the lord can still reach you but then that means now that you have the faith impart it to your children share it with your children train them up in it that they will not depart from it because um the devil would like for nothing more than to continue to disrupt God's design, dismantle it, and then also try to take parents down with it. And if parents, you know, I think that's the one thing about the pandemic is it finally had shown parents, this is why you don't just drop your kids off at school and never wonder about what they're learning. This is why you need to start teaching your kids that when they teach that evolution bullcrap, we, d- we don't emerge from soup. We were created by God. Like there is. Uh, there is a mind and a being who made all of this and the earth wasn't you know like this whole billions billions of years ago and all this mess like i I, i'm glad that the lord used the the pandemic to really shake up this country and the world to see how our children are being brainwashed out of the faith and and kind of you know indoctrinated into atheism like it it's it's terrible but now that we know what's happening it's up to the church now to be like okay we're we're not gonna just lie down and let this happen we're not gonna let man or fear of man stop us from raising our children in the ways of the lord you know i i really i really have said to a lot of um friends of mine i'm like i don't really trust the public school system I, i I'm glad I'm going to college that I can homeschool my children because, you know, they, if we don't teach our kids, the world will, and the world has no problem teaching your children. And so I just say like, really please like, and raise your children up in the faith. It's better that they be raised up in the faith in evolutionary science. In fact, um, there was a serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer, who said if his father hadn't given him a book on evolutionary theory, he wouldn't have became a cannibal and a serial killer. That's the fruit of evolutionary theory. 
is it disregards human life. It disregards um, the value that God has given each image bearer. And if you train your kids up in valuing image bearers and also um, living in fear of the Lord, respecting and honoring God, they're going to respect and honor their neighbor. Why? Because it says in the word of God, you know, and I believe it's like Romans um, 12, Romans uh, 13, 13 um, verse, oh yes, uh, verse uh, 13, uh, I mean chapter 13, verses um, 9 through 10, the commandments you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. We train our kids up in that way. They will be good, productive, productive members of society. And um, they will bring joy to the Lord. They will love their neighbors. Whereas nowadays, the school is turning children into bullies and just really destroying um what loving your neighbor looks like perverting it and uh it's up to the church now you know it's really the ball is really in our court now to to pray to intercede to be the parents that we didn't have you know um for some people and i'm not uh, and i'm not like downplaying the previous generation but i have to i just if your kids see you practicing hypocrisy, they're going to repeat the hypocrisy. Be set apart for your children. Don't concede to the world for the sake of your children. Like, really do practice what you preach. I, I mean, it, it's it's one thing when a parent talks about God, but it's another thing when when the parent lives the word out. Because then, because then the child can um, follow. And sorry, guys, there's like a lot. Like, I think the devil's like stirring something up right there. Um, the child can then walk in in the way of of you and the way of the Lord, because they've seen you do it. <laughs> um, exactly. So I, I just I just really want to encourage us in that. You know, please. Um, steward your lives honorably before your children and teach them to do the same and even if you know the reality is and this is what the lord has also taught me is that sometimes kids are gonna do what they want you know they but you planted a seed and so as long as you've planted the seed and you've done all you could and in the power and the jurisdiction the lord has given you and when they go out in the world and they mess up and they start doing whatever they want to do it's going to be them and God. You still, as the parent, pray and intercede. But also remember that um, it's mainly the Lord who, who's really going to be walking with them, you know, in their adult lives. And and you kind of have to just let the Lord have them, but also still pray for them. Because I, I know that sometimes when children go off, you know, from the faith, it, parents are like what what the heck did i do and sometimes it may not even be something you did it's just a reality like 
we seen the Lord do magnificent, crazy, supernatural things for Israel. They build a calf. I mean, it's, you know, it, that's just the reality of human beings. But that doesn't mean that the Lord is going to, um, that the Lord is going to forsake, forsake them. Nor is the Lord going to ignore your prayers that you prayed for them. Like a, the prayers of a mother or a father, they really do availeth much. And, um, you know, I, and I also just pray that we can uh, be reconciled in our families as well. Because the the Lord um, Lord really does want us to um, not just like alienate or cut each other off, but He He wills for all to be saved. So even if your parents were hypocrites and you know they weren't really fully living for God, that doesn't mean that you can't pray for them or be that light to them. You know, I'm reminded of uh, my family, uh, for example, and we had a me and my brothers and sisters we had a rough upbringing um we had everything we wanted but not really the foundation in the lord um and you know i thank god i've come back to the faith my brothers and sisters are you know i know that they will the lord has a plan for them because if he did it for me he can do it for them but while i'm visiting while i'm there with them you know he just uses me to bless them he just uses me to to just be that light in the home um to remind them and to show them like the Lord loves us and there can be joy found in the Lord. Um, you know, so I just pray that we not hold on to the traumas in the past of our family, but that we look to the Lord for reconciliation and a hopeful future for what he can do um, with our families and, and through us um, being that light, being that new creation. Cause I think, you know, um, when when we allow the lord to do a work in us the cool thing is he can start doing a work around those with those around us because we said yes um so i just you know i I just encourage parents to to really be an instrument you know of the of the lord in your home and to your children so that um you can teach your children and then they're too, like, you know, there's this whole passing down as we just saw, like he said, it was in your grandmother and then your mother. Like if there's this passing down of the faith throughout each generation, like it says in Deuteronomy, remember um, what your Lord has done and teach them to their, to your children, then to your children, teach them to their children and then so on and so forth. If there's this passing on of the faith, the faith doesn't die. The faith, um, faith doesn't fall short. Because, you know, when your children are teaching their children, then that means wherever they go, they're going to, you know, it's just it's like, it's really unique how, how it works. And it's, it, it is a supernatural thing because we don't know what type of fruit is going to come, you know, from us planting those seeds of faith in our children and, and seeing it continue to go down because uh, that's really what the Lord expects of us is to not let, you know, the gospel falls short to not let our testimonies fall short um and to teach our children how to share their own testimonies how to really um you know just be be the voice of god in those places because god wants to use them so uh yes glory glory to god um uh, uh verse six for this reason i remind you to fan into flame the gift of god which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Um, 
I really love this verse because it was just as Brother Greg was speaking earlier, like what, you know, how can you expect to run a business if you don't go and get the proper training necessary? Um, I think, you know, sometimes we kind of look down on education or we look down on cultivating, you know, the gifts. Like there's teaching, administration, encouragement, um, love, mercy. You have to be like in order to keep these gifts and to grow these gifts, you have to practice <laughs> these gifts and also um, go to the source of the gifts in prayer and fasting um and even sometimes sacrifice your time and sacrificing your time may look like going to college sacrificing your time may look like getting a job you know sacrificing your time may look like going out and doing the things that you don't want to do um but there's a fruit to all of that because then when the time comes for that gift to be demonstrated or for um, the body when the body needs someone who has these particular giftings or understanding, then the Lord can bring you up and you can go and serve the body in that way. But you have to first be willing to sacrifice your time to sacrifice. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I really sometimes did not want to go back to school. Like I knew I wanted to go back to school, but then when I got back in school, the work was just like, ah, oh, man, I, I, this work is too much. But in me going back to college, I started to learn a lot more. Um, and I really, you know, what I really love about taking off my own understanding and giving it to the Lord is that when I go to fan and to flame the gifts the Lord has given me, um, it's not for my glory. It's not even about me. It's about him. And it's also about how, you know, he can use that gift for the benefit of the body and the upbuilding of his kingdom. Cause it's not like he needs me, but he is kind enough to give me the privilege to learn um, and to go into those places because you never know how the Lord can use you um, when you begin uh, cultivating and fanning into flame your gifts because like if the lord gives you gifts and you don't use it i mean that sucks like like what's there's so many people who could benefit um from that from that gift that the lord has given you and um i just love how like the lord is kind enough not to leave you how he found you he's not gonna be like yeah here take this gift all right bye like he's like Come on, come, let pray, pray, pray. Here, let me show you in the word how this works. Let me show you what I can do with your gift. Let me show you how, uh, you know, I, I love, I think it was in uh, Exodus or Deuteronomy where somewhere in the Old Testament where the spirit of the Lord came on these men and they start building magnificent things. They're molding and they're shaping and they're doing all these things. But, you know, it, it, it became, it, it's from the spirit of God to cultivate those gifts in them. And when God gives you the gift, he's going to help you cultivate it. He's going to even bring people into your life to help you cultivate those gifts. Like for his brother, Greg definitely helped me cultivate in the area of intercession. Um, being in uh, Samuel's ministry helped me like cultivate uh, being a worshiper and understanding just the beauty of worship and worshiping with word and, 
you know, the Lord leads these people and gives these people into your life so that you can have, you can fan into flame the gifts. And though, and your mentors and your leaders will also be like, I know that I've, I've, I've been given word from God that this gift is in you. So now let, let me partner with you and showing you how to walk that out. Um, let's both go to God together to see, you know, where does the Lord want this gift to be and how the Lord wants to use this in your life? Like, how can I, you know, that's, that's the thing. Like, I feel like also in the body of Christ, we get so afraid of being outshined by someone that we don't even want to help them. And that's not good. Like, it's hard enough trying right. to like fan into, it's hard enough trying to like steward the gift and fan into the flame, your gift, but to also have a leader or a mentor who's like, you're going to do better than me. I just don't want to, I don't want to be bothered with that. You know, good luck. Like you can pray, you can do like, no, that that's not how we should be. Um, and I love how, you know, the master, our Lord has said, there will be some of you who go on to do greater things than me. And he's not like rats. Some of you guys are going to do greater things than me. <laughs> he's not like that. Like he's excited for that. He's, he, he's like, this is what I sowed into you and interceded um about for you like i interceded for you to see that that you would live that out and honor that the lord is not wanting our downfall like the point of gifting is not to ensure to to test you to see your downfall it's to actually like another way the lord can then even sow more into you and and really partner um and encourage you in walking out those gifts you know, um, I was talking to Brother Greg like last night as I watched this documentary um, about Quincy Jones, and he's like a really world-renowned um, producer and composer and all this stuff. And and you know, one thing he said is he was like, I bothered a lot of other musicians to learn from them. And then of course he's sewing into other musicians, but I'm like, you know, what's interesting. He doesn't really teach anyone about Christ and about the Lord and and really giving honor unto God. And I'm like, how much further would he go if he would just do that? He's been given 80 years on this planet. He's had a heart attack. He's had all of like, there's like God's grace has been so heavy on his life. And, you know, I just wish that he would so not just into people musically, but get telling them about the gospel. I, I mean, I, and that's when, you know, I kind of felt this weird thing in myself, like, oh man, I, kind of feel like i'd like to be mentored by quincy jones i'm like no i want to be mentored by the lord because one he's the creator of that gift he's the creator of music he knows music inside and out he also has ordained me with that gift he's given me that gift i need to go to the source to really understand that gift and also praying in faith you know for the lord to help you fan into flame your gift because i i mean i can tell you many a time when i i've prayed and i'm trying to learn scales i'm trying to learn theories and i'm like lord i need understanding (laughs) this is a lot there's so much to this and you know the other thing too is you can idolize the gift but if you're praying to god to help you steward the gift the gift won't become an idol the gift is like a byproduct of your relationship with god and then it also doesn't consume your life but you're able to serve the lord with it and through it and help others and um the lord will give you wisdom like it's like the lord says ask 
ask of me and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Like, amen. he wants us to come and ask him. And, and when you fan into flame the gifts, you got to come and ask the Lord how, how, it, how it works. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your mind to understanding. Go and, and don't be afraid to ask like Brother Greg or, um, you know, your, your pastor or whatever to pray with you or to help you understand these gifts. Because that's why the Lord has given us teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists. So we can come to them with some of these things that we don't really know. Like, he's, he's graced them with this knowledge. And, you know, I love how Brother Greg isn't like withholding it to himself, but he's sharing these things all throughout the week he's like hey i have this new revelation for you guys hey you know this um this is what the lord spoke to me regarding money or this is what the lord spoke to me regarding this issue um when we're willing to share the knowledge like that the lord is also going to continue to fill us with more of it and to deepen our understanding of um of that knowledge and uh you know it's 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 a beautiful thing when we um when we don't hold knowledge to ourselves or when we become slothful and not like i just i just hope that we don't become slothful with our gifts because like there's so much that the lord can do through them and that the lord want and like it's so cool that the lord wants to use you and and he gives you that gift because there's the devil is always making us feel like we're not doing anything (laughs) and what i love about the lord is he's you know like with the fish and the bread he's like what little do you have yeah let me take that here here's some abundance now go serve feed share um proclaim my name you know it's not about um what you don't have it's about what you're get, what you're willing to give don't you know i i just don't be ashamed of your little because the lord can turn it into a lot but don't also desire a little because then you'll just get a little he he wants to give you abundance. He wants to, um, you know, really pour into us. And sometimes we kind of, you know, we shut we shut that we shut the faucet off. It's not him who's shutting it off. We shut it off. We're like, all right, I, I got enough now. I'm I'm gonna go. Our our lifespan is but a hand breath, but the Lord is willing to give abundance to us so that we can do a lot with that hand breath of time that we have. Amen. Um. So I just want to encourage you guys with that, that uh, the Lord can and will um, do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think. And especially he can do exceedingly and abundantly above what little that you're able to give. Um, and, and you know, it, I love how as you give a little, the Lord is also going to help training you so that you can grow in retaining more you can grow in knowledge and wisdom of how to use the abundance appropriately and honorably because like in order to grow an honorable stewardship you have to come to the lord to pray for discipline you also have to be obedient like walking in obedience helps you to really retain and attain honorable stewardship like i really i really have um come to learn when i choose to run from sin like flee from useful lusts like joseph the lord in turn just increases my territory but also blesses me to show me hey you've done it once you can run again and there's nothing wrong with with, there's nothing wrong with fleeing um temptation there's nothing wrong with uh saying no to the flesh you know um 
the flesh doesn't really get you anything. And in, in fact, the flesh would rather you dirty yourself up and the enemy would rather you dirty yourself up so much that you're like, I don't have the gift anymore. I'm way too dirty. That's not true. The Lord is forgiving and is merciful and he can restore all the things that you and the enemy lost. And then he can also give you a new mind and help you to then, um, and a new, like he can just give, create in you a clean heart, a new heart and renew a right spirit within you that you can then go on to steward your gifts honorably. Do not let your past or the devil, um, say to you that you're way too far gone, that your gift is gone. The Lord, I love how it says in Proverbs that the Lord holds wisdom for us so that at an appointed time, he can give it to us. Same can be said for the gift. Like you may not have been ready all those years, but now that you finally reach the end of your rope, you know, it, it only makes sense to really start serving the Lord. Like, and also to be thankful for the time that you have, because he's going to help you to utilize it. Amen. So, um, you know, don't cut, don't cut God off at the knees or yourself. Um, at the knees went for God and his ability to use you and to take all the years that you've wasted and, and, you know, restore that gift to you and, and teach you how to utilize it. Um, <clears throat> so uh, uh, on to verse seven here for the spirit of God, for the, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us the power, but gives us power, love and self-discipline or also in other translations, um, a sound mind. So what I love about the Holy Spirit is like it helps you to walk in boldness for God. Um, and it also, you know, the Holy Spirit, he, he's just like such a gentleman. He's willing to. I, I love the Holy Spirit because there were times where I could never read the Bible. But thank God for his Holy Spirit that now I can read the Bible and it's an enjoyable experience. <laughs> I can remember many a time where I would read the Bible and the words were shut off to me because of my sin and, and my, my, I just would not yield to the Holy spirit. But as I began to yield to this, to the Holy spirit and, um, you know, just allow the Lord to, to interpret his word for me, allow the Holy spirit to give me that understanding. I'm, I'm just, I feel what the Lord is saying through the words I'm retaining you know, it's, it's, it really is the bread of life. Like his word is bread. Um, and you can only get that through the Holy spirit because the bread that the Lord was talking about when Jesus says like, I am the bread, he's talking about his spirit. He's talking about the spirit. Like for the kingdom of heaven is not a food and drink, but of righteousness and holiness and peace and the Holy spirit. Like that's, that's really what the kingdom of heaven is about. It's not about how much you're eating. It's about how much you're sowing into the Lord with the Lord, communing with the Lord, because you can't have your ears quickened if you're never spending any time with the spirit. You got like, you know, worship, prayer, fellowship, obedience, repentance, forgiveness, honesty, like these things will really transform your life. Um, and, and especially honoring, you know, those who are, um, shepherding over you, you know, and I'm not, there are plenty of dishonorable shepherds. I, I'm, I'm, even the Lord in the book of Ezekiel notes the reality of dishonorable shepherds, but 
that doesn't mean that there aren't good ones. Like Brother Greg has really shown me there is an exception um, that all shepherds aren't dishonorable. There are plenty who are honorable and um, they are really, you know, they're, they're out here for your good. They're out here because the Lord needs men like them that will stand in the gap that will, um, you know, really let the Holy spirit have its way in them and in their ministries who will put down, um, all of that. It's not like great. You look great on paper, but do you spend time with the Holy spirit? Do you truly worship? Do you know what it's like to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth? Do you know what it's like to be with the Lord in spirit and in truth? Um, that, that is, that's really getting lost in the mega churches, unfortunately. That's really getting lost in a lot of the church culture today. And, you know, when we're, when we're willing to like put down our opinion and pick up the Lord's word and his truth, it does a transformative work in us and the Holy Spirit can have its way in us. Because the Holy Spirit will not force the Lord's will on you. You have to be obedient. You have to be willing um, to let that happen. I, I'm reminded of times where the Holy Spirit would be like, hey, don't go here. And I still go there anyway. And things just get all messed up and out of whack. And then unfortunately, it becomes a pattern of behavior until the Lord, like, you finally get, like I said, to your to the end of your rope. Just say, okay, Lord, I'm I'm willing to listen. Because the Holy Spirit has no problem warning you. But you also have to be willing to take that warning. Um, and the more that you heed the warnings of the Holy Spirit, the more able you are to continue to walk in obedience and right step with the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm reminded of like a time last year, you know, being in the music industry and stuff. Um, there was a young lady and I just knew like the devil had given me dreams about her. The devil was trying to get me to marry this girl and and, you know, she was, I got invited to a party that she was going to be at. And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit just gave me a whole rundown of what was going to happen if I went to that party. And I was like, you know what, Lord, you're right. It's, I have way too much to lose. Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm not going to go, you know, because I, I mean, let's be real. The Holy Spirit knows more than you. <laughs> Like it just does like the Holy, like he just does. The Holy spirit really does know more than you. It's not going to steer you in the wrong way. Um, so it gives you warnings, not because like, it's like the Holy spirit has no idea what's going to happen. Um, the Holy spirit gives you warnings because like it sees everything. It's the spirit of God, it's the spirit of the living God. Like God saw Nathaniel when he was, hundreds of yards away in a tree and knew what Dan, uh, I'm sorry, what Nathaniel was thinking about how much more. So the Holy spirit knows what's going to happen when you make a bad decision or that, like I, I tell my disciples and I just tell people in the body, like that bit of time you have to make a decision between sin and going the other way, heed the Holy spirit, really let the Holy spirit do its do its job which is to tell you the truth and listen to the truth and obey the truth so that you may not fall into temptation that you may not fall into the snares of the enemy and that um you may not become a slave to sin 
because that's really like i love that the holy spirit will help you to maintain your freedom from sin um it's just really powerful that the holy spirit um does that for us so uh yeah glory be to god and and you know um i love how uh he says um you know uh, verse 8 so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our lord or of me his prisoner rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of god um you can't endure suffering without the power of god and also suffering doesn't always have to be prison suffering can be saying no to a job saying no um to a relationship saying no to going back to those drugs again saying no to certain friends you used to hang with um saying no to hobbies that you love so suffering isn't just limited to you know the the killing of christians and things like that but it's also in your everyday life for those of us who really want you know to be married and and want marriage like you got to suffer in singleness but by the power of god because <laughs> there's you know it's 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 really easy to cave and do whatever you want but it's better when you suffer and endure you know because the gospel is about being with the lord the gospel is about being reconciled unto the lord and if you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness all those things can be added unto you however like you have to continue to not do what you know adam and eve had done which was take for themselves because had they ignored the serpent a lot of things would be different so you also have to um ignore your ignore your desires that are that are from the flesh ignore trying to take what god hasn't given you wait and be patient and um just allow the lord to work on you in that time because as you're suff- as you're going through suffering there's a greater measure of glory there is glory being you know made yeah, through you there is something being birthed in you there is um understanding that you didn't have before until you went through suffering <laughs> which is why i'm able to praise the lord for being able to have the holy spirit to read the bible because i was suffering because i had no idea how to read the word of god but he was cultivating in me understanding that I needed to come to the Holy Spirit and walk in obedience to continue to retain knowledge and understanding of the word. Um, because a famine of the word comes when you rather continue to do as thou wilt and not what the Lord wills. And the Lord will shut like your actions and your persistence in sin will blind you to the truth. That's why there's that's why Christ really just preached hard like really hard on the realities of sin the realities of um you know be like if we continue to live our life and not lose it for his sake we'll never find what our life is truly supposed to be like um so i just really pray that uh the body of christ be refined and and not um be so turned off to being refined because i think it's when the lord refines you and you go through that suffering, you go through that hard season. And man, those hard seasons are not easy. I hope nobody hears me as saying these hard hard seasons are easy. Um, but when you go through them and you come out of them, you come out of them 
a better person you come out of them um better off than when you went in and it's these uh the suffering is not um to leave the lord is not having you suffer to leave you worse than he found you um and that's a hard it's like so so weird how that works but it it really does do a good work in us um so i just you know want to encourage everyone in that in that and, and that's also what paul is doing because we have to understand the reality of paul's day is christians are being beheaded they're they're being you know set on fire as lampposts at night being fed to lions um their own families are turning their, them in their own neighbors are turning them in and uh you know it's only by the power of god that they can stand for god and miss those trials so i i just you know i just want us to just understand the reality of what um paul is saying to timothy and how he's saying that you know suffering is only to get to endure suffering you have to have the power of god you need to lean on the power of god and the strength of god to get you through because if you don't then you're gonna you know unfortunately cower cower out like just become a coward and, and forsake your post and um it's not what the lord wants you to do he calls us to rejoice in those hard times to really um praise him in those times where things are looking so bleak and and everything that's that's up is down um because the reality is he can set them right again so continue to praise him because even though your eyes see that everything's upside down that doesn't mean that you're not seated in heavenly places that doesn't mean that the lord is not working out something in the spiritual for you which is why um we shouldn't let our fleshly eyes dictate to us a temporary situation because that's really what it is is a temporary situation um a day to us is a thousand years to the lord so one bad day is not it's not it's just 24 hours <laughs> if you think about it in, in the span of, of how the lord views a day um will you you'll make it you will make it but not by your strength but by the strength of the lord and the joy of the lord um and i also uh like how it says here uh in verse eight um, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Um, the Lord has done a marvelous work in your life. Your testimony is is a testament of the, the Lord's power. And it also, it, it's like I was saying, you know, last night in prayer, you know, like people go to the store and they look at a product. They're like, well, does this thing work? Because sometimes you can't take a product home and test it. But then when they see us and our testimonies and, and the fruit in our lives, they're like, oh, yeah, well, not that, but, you know, and as an analogy, like, wow, the Lord works like Jesus is the answer. Faith is the answer. Faith works. Look what it has done to this individual. Look at their testimony. Look at how um, they live their lives. Like you used to be a drug dealer and now you're a CEO or now you're an honest working man and citizen or, or woman like this is this is wild you know buddhism doesn't have such a transformative testimony like i don't i don't really like i could see buddhists go right back to the drugs or go back to all those other things but 
when you have freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can do so many amazing things, things that you never even saw yourself doing. Like I always talk about me sharing the word with you all. I never really saw myself sharing the word. I thought I was too dirty to share the word, but um, the Lord had done a, a restorative and redemptive work in me. And, and I get to be here to just share what he's taught me and um, to just bear witness to uh, the transformative work of, of, of the Lord. Um, and I'm not ashamed of my testimony. Like, it, you know, I, I got, I got a, I went to, um, it was this past week I went to a, a men's meeting that they're having at my college, um, a small, small men's group and uh, a men's small group. And we were just sharing our testimonies. And I just like, I'm like, yeah, I used to sell drugs. I was porn addicted, drug addicted. Um, I tried other religions. I was a mess. Like, and everybody's kind of like, wow, did he just lead with like, did anybody just hear what this guy said um and you know it's uh like why should i be ashamed of how the lord has turned my life around like don't be ashamed of that in fact that's your power that's how you overcome the devil by the word of your testimony not by us you know being ashamed of it and and you know because like as we've seen we don't read in the gospels that christ was ashamed of peter after peter had denied him three times after you know he even called peter satan but he was never ashamed of peter he prayed that peter's faith would not fail him and fail him and in fact he allowed peter another chance to then even go further in walking out the plans that he had for him and the purpose that he had for peter and the lord can do that through us as well and he wants to do that and i also like how it says in um mark eight thirty eight, which is just like a really wild reality here but it's a good thing to keep in mind um Mark eight thirty eight. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sin and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So that's like a stern warning to not be ashamed of the Lord. Like before you were in the womb, like he knew you. And he wasn't ashamed of you then. And he wasn't ashamed to give his life for you either. So let us um, let us continue to 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 love the Lord, to treasure the Lord, and to not be ashamed of Him and to honor Him. Because um, I don't think there's anyone that we know in all of creation who would bear the sins of generations and future generations to come, of people, of us, of His chosen ones, like. Um, as it says, like very rarely for a righteous person. I mean, very rarely for a person would someone give their life. Amen. Um. So you know, I, I, I really, I just really feel like we shouldn't be ashamed of what the Lord has done for us and and what the Lord um can do through us and with us. Let us not let the devil or the world um remind us of our past. 
because the world has a future and unfortunately it's not going to be pleasant. So we actually have a bright future ahead of us. We have the resurrection. We have, you know, we get to, we, we, Lord willing, we're found doing right when the Lord returns, because that would be a wonderful thing to be found in. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who, you know, unfortunately fell into to being the soil where the word uh, was sown into it, but then it was choked by the cares of this life or it was stolen by the enemy or, um, you know, it was just unfruitful. Like there's going to be a lot of people whose soil would have proven to be unfruitful when the Lord comes back in all of his glory. And um, so I just encourage us to not be ashamed to continue to stand boldly um, for the Lord and to recognize his power in his in our lives and what he's doing. Um, and so uh, continuing on to uh, verse nine, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Um, that's a kind of big kick in the butt there because that means that though i'm saved i'm not really called to do whatever i want while i'm saved so to the self-help pastors that that quite doesn't fit but what what paul has just spoken to us here um if my self-help worked i wouldn't need the gospel so uh you know and it says that we're saved to live a holy life, which means a life of debauchery is not what I'm called to. I'm called to, um, and uh, once again, I just like, I really like how uh, Paul puts it in the in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. But I just love that because when what we, from what we just read, it's called us to live a, a holy life. Well, the only way to do that is to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. And I also like how Paul also says it's not of our own doing. Like, Amen. That I, I don't bring anything to this. I, I'm a recipient. So that means I receive what the Lord is giving me. And I must, I, I can't be like the servant who buried what, the lord gave him in the ground and hid it i have to be that servant who goes out with it and multiplies it and um you know it's through his spirit that you have the the power to do those things that's why trying to do stuff apart from the holy spirit only gets you in more in more crap really it doesn't really the the work becomes unfruitful when the spirit isn't upon you and helping you through it. Like you need the the Holy spirit to help you to do these things, to help you to um, live a holy life. You need prayer. You got to humble yourself and fast sometimes because 
you know, the flesh is always, always at enmity with the Lord. That's why in the resurrection, we, we become changed with the new flesh. Because the new flesh that the Lord is giving us is flesh that is not at enmity with him. <laughs> Praise God. Um, as the flesh that we're walking in right now, we have we have to master it or it will master us. Like the desires of the flesh only lead us apart away from the Lord. It doesn't lead us to him. And that's why we need to feed the spirit, man. That's why we need to live a holy life. Because the more that we continue to be obedient and walk in holiness and righteousness, the more that we can bat at the flesh and have power over it. And I remember when I was in prayer, I just prayed. I just said, Lord, give me obedience like Jesus. You know, give me um, the ability to flee temptation like Jesus, to fight temptation like my master. Because your spirit is able to help me do that. And, you know, as it, as it says in the word of God, we're not tempted beyond what we can bear. Um, we haven't been uh, tempted to the point of um, shedding blood. And, uh, you know, I, I really, I just love how the Lord can give you victory um, over those things and helps you to live a holy life. You know, when I was on my internship in Miami and I'm interning for a prayer room, there were definitely lots of different plots from the enemy to try and take me down while I was there, whether it had been through drinking or being with um, a woman. Um, Cause the temptation was there because you're in Miami. Oh, like what do they do in Miami? They get drunk and there's a lot of sex and partying and all this stuff. And my gosh, like, it's easy to lose yourself in that environment if you don't have the Lord and if you're not walking in holiness. Because if you don't spend any time with the Holy Spirit, if you don't yield yourself to God, then those things can just come upon you and um, you will get lost. You will get lost in all of that if you don't steward your relationship with God. There had to be many a times where I'm like, no, I can't, can't hang out with anyone. I need to be with the Lord today. Or um, instead of like just going about my day and I, I need to really hunker down and read my word, pray, worship. I just need to rest with the Lord today. Because if I didn't do that, then when those temptations came, like I, I, there was some woman I seen at the bar and I swear this woman was following me to different places that I was going. And she ha she somehow ended up there every time. And I just knew I'm like, Oh yeah, this is like a plot from the enemy. Had I not been spending time with the Holy Spirit, I would have not picked up on that. But because I was, the Lord had seen my heart and my desire to live a holy life. The Holy Spirit was giving me insight and cues on what was going on around me. Because the enemy always has a, you know, and that's why we're called um, to pray and to fast and to seek the Lord. Because we need to to really let the Holy Spirit do a work in us. Because there are things that we we're that we're limited in seeing, things that we um, don't know are coming, and the Holy Spirit gives you insight on that. The Holy Spirit lets me know, like, don't don't talk to this person, don't go up to this, don't don't go here, you know. And um, 
it, it really does benefit my life. It helps me to live a holy life. I can't live a holy life apart from the Lord's spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible. Like the, the cessationist and all this stuff, your righteousness are dirty racks before the Lord. Like you need the Holy spirit. Like that's a, that's a fruit of the Holy spirit. You can walk in obedience. You know, I, I, it just sucks that um, we somehow are pacifying sinful behavior with grace. That's not how it works. You know, the grace is to lead you unto repentance and to help you to turn away. It's not to lead you back into the pig pen so you can stay in the pig pen. That's not, that's not what grace is about. That's, that's not what the Lord is about either. Um, he's about a lasting change. You'll have your moments, but your moments are not your life. And I'll say that again. You may have your moments, but your moments are not your life. You don't have to to relive that sinful moment all the time. You don't have to ident- be identified by that behavior because the Lord has made you a new creation. So you have the ability to walk in freedom Amen. and the Holy Spirit can help you sustain that freedom. That's why I tell a lot of those who the Lord has led me to disciple. And I tell people when I give you know teachings regarding freedom from addiction and stuff like that, you have to steward it. Like if I tried to just keep going at being free from pornography in my own strength, I'll be back at, I'll be back watching pornography. Like that's really a reality. And I also have to fight to tooth and nail to death the desire or the temptation to go back and it's a challenge it's a challenge for men you know and and i just want to tell men like it's it's not the devil will utilize shame to keep you down the only way to stay out of the shame is to not do the act that brings you shame in the first place it's really weird how that works, but it's possible. I'm living proof that it's possible because the Holy Spirit and the Lord will will help you. You can pull from the Lord's strength, and he can help you to overcome and to win um, those battles. And you know, I just also want to say this because I gave a teaching on fatherlessness, and I know I talked about faith in the home. Fathers, step up. Men, step up. You know, we... We've got so many, you know, people asking, where are the men in the church? Like, we're called to be there. It's not just up to the wife to take the kids to church and you can stay at home and watch football. Be present with your children, with the Lord. The Lord has given you the position of being a father so that you can be the shepherd of your home, be the shepherd of your family. Your wife is not to be the shepherd of family. <laughs> That's not how God designed it. Uh, I just have to say that. I just felt led to say that because fathers have an important role. And, and research is showing that if a father practices the faith and is and is stewarding his faith and teaching his children to walk in the faith, the family follows along. The mom can do but so much, but she needs the father to be to be there to facilitate, to lead. Um, to hear that, to hear from the Lord, and to lead His family in a way that, you know, in, in the ways of God. And 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 like I said, like if that doesn't happen, and then we get what we have, which is fatherlessness inside of the church. If the dads aren't yielding themselves, 
to live a holy life and their their families won't follow suit and men you know boys need men they can look up to because if boys are just left to looking out after themselves then they'll remain being boys and define and make up their own definition of what being a man is and if you're a hypocritical man you got as much of a bad problem as fathers who aren't there because if you're a hypocrite as a man you train your son to be a hypocrite and he'll learn to live a double life and that's one thing i um was led to pray against last night is double life you know us having a double life as as men and women of god we can't have a double life like we just got to leave it all at the altar we got to live our lives on the altar we got to heed the voice of the holy spirit like living a holy life is not just when you fellowship it's not just when eyes are on you, but it's also when eyes are off you. And so, you know, that was one thing that I really learned while being in Miami is that even when I was in environments where the enemy was trying to take a, a shot at me, if I had given in, um, then I'd be living a double life. Why? Because shame makes you keep things in secret. Shame does Amen. not want you to um, put things into the light. And that's why it, it's imperative um, that you live a holy life because then there's nothing you have to be ashamed of. There is no shame in living a holy life. There, holy life. There can be sometimes a little bit of suffering. There can be sometimes frustration because, you know, your flesh isn't having its way, but there's a, there's glory and there is um, peace, you know, to be spiritually minded is life and peace to be carnally minded is death um so the fruit of a holy life is i as i can have peace and joy and and abundant and life more abundantly you know with carnal mindedness you're always looking over your shoulder and you're always living in shame you really never graduate from shame and sometimes and you know this is a reality you do enough shame so much you just become blinded to the fact that it's shame you, you just live in it and that's not the desire that the lord has for us he calls us out of shame he calls us out of um out of our sin he doesn't call us by our sin he calls us out of our sin that we may not um go back to it anymore as he said to the woman you know is there anyone who condemns you? She said, no. He said, neither do I. Now go and sin no more. So that's really what we're called to. We're not called to this lackadaisical 32 I am's. It just doesn't work. Like, that. I just don't understand why people think that works. And, um, you know, even with this law of attraction stuff, this yoga stuff, this breathwork stuff, okay, the reality of that, especially like that yoga stuff and that breathwork stuff, is you'll end up in an orgy out and across the world somewhere because there's a demon that you're letting inhibit your body that will make you do things that ought not be done and lead you down paths that you ought not go down. And they don't really talk about that in those communities, but that's the reality of those communities that they often don't share, but it's there. And it's there because there's a demon that resides in it. There's a principality that is over it, leading people to do things that are shameful 
that they otherwise would not have done if they had been with the Lord. So, you know, I, I, I just, I can't, ha- I just can't stand self-help. Like I've tried it. I, I, if it, like I, like I tell a lot of people, if the stuff worked, I would do it. I would still be doing it. But the reality is, is it doesn't work. And the only way I can come to that reality is by letting the Lord show me like, and really heeding the word of God. And when your mind's darkened, you need the Lord to bring light into your life. True light, not this false light of awakening and enlightenment that the devil essentially gave Adam and Eve, because it brought about their death and destruction. That's the reality of the false light. And that's why when you live a holy life, you walk in the true light, which is the light of Jesus Christ. And you're under the father of lights. And also night is not darkness to the Lord. It says, the psalmist says that night is just as day to the Lord. He sees it all. And I'd rather be led by someone who sees it all than someone who only gets like a, a small little clip of what that is like and can only guesstimate and speculate because that's really all those people do, you know, Amen. that that's, that's why I just love how the Lord says, call to the, call to the astronomers and the astrologers, call all these people who think they know something. Can they really predict the future? Because I know the beginning and the end. There's no break in between what the Lord knows, but there's always going to be a break in the astrologer, in the, in the, um, in the in the psychic there's a break in their understanding they don't get the full of anything but the lord always will have the the completeness he will have all of it and he knows it from the beginning and the end we don't need to go to a psychic we don't need to go to the horoscopes we don't need to go to any of those things to figure out how to live life because he's redeemed us and saved us and graced us to live a holy life in which he can impart to us all the things that we need to know. We can come to him to really understand what our future holds, what he wants to do in it. Because all the devil can do is tell you based off of your patterns of behavior in your past, what will happen. But the reality is the Lord knows your life from the beginning and the end. And it's always better. And you're, you're safer in going to him and living life his way. Um, so I just wanted to just, yeah, I just really felt impressed to say that that's the reality of all this self-help crap, that it doesn't really lead you to walk in a holy life, you know? And, and so, um, I just, I just pray that we, we heed the Holy Spirit, um, in that. And, uh, you know, and then it says that this grace was given to us, um, before time began like this grace was given to to christ you know before time began so the lord already had a plan isn't that amazing (laughs) the lord already has a plan you know we spend so much time trying to get a plan together the lord already has one sometimes we forget to ask him what 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 this is um we'd be like oh how am i going to do this how am i going to do that oh like well did you ask god (laughs) (laughs) um because if he knows the beginning for the end he definitely has a plan ready you know so um i thank the lord that that he he 
he's he has given us grace it was ordained before time began it was and it came through jesus christ and he's more than willing to help us his grace is sufficient for us there's no such thing as insufficient grace with god hallelujah amen hallelujah um, and uh so down to the final verse um but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our savior christ jesus who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light um through the gospel so um you know the gospel still works and it doesn't work because of us it works because of him and his spirit it works because his spirit is the only thing that can change someone god wants to see people saved probably more than we do <laughs> um and our strength trying to save people in our own strength doesn't work but that's why you're called to pray and intercede for them because the lord can do it what you what your words um you know your words may fall short but the lord's spirit can really water those words that you plant the Lord's Spirit can really go into that person's heart and start to do a, a work that you can't see. But, um, you know, I just want to encourage us and just say, like, the Lord is faithful um, to help us to live a holy life. He's faithful to save our neighbors, your your friends, and everyone who you're interceding for. And the Lord is faithful to help you walk continuously in his spirit and his ways and so um you know i just just a couple of ways that you could fan into flame the gift is to pray earnestly to seek and to ask and to knock um another way is through fellowship you know fellowshipping with other believers will help you also to fan into flame the gifts um humbling yourself through fasting and prayer will also help you to fan into flame the gifts and uh, the last one is um, repentance, because the Lord can restore the gift um, to you if you repent and humble yourself before him and seek his face. So um, thank you all for, you know, hearing me out. This is definitely from the Lord. And I thank Brother Greg for that verse and the Holy Spirit for ministering through me. I hope you all are blessed by this. Hallelujah. Uh, thank you, brother, for offering your time i appreciate it um i i man i i think it's been um two years uh um i can't recall exactly when we started maybe my wife knows but it's been two years since we've had our gatherings and um i can't say i've taken i can't say there's ever been a week i've canceled um to my knowledge and um I don't say that to boast or anything like that, but it's just phenomenal. I think it's amazing. Um, but I do bring that up because it's a blessing to be a, to get ministered to, you know, and I know I'm not going to get some, uh, some, um, Ted talk with some skinny, skinny ripped jean latte pastor. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And um, I'm very thankful to see how far the Lord has brought you. <clears throat> I think uh, 
for those of us that have been here for quite a while, um, have witnessed the progress that God has made in um, Malachi's life. And um, it's just amazing. And I mean, it's, and I love what you were saying. And I wanted to say this in relationship to all of you. Um, I love what he was saying about like a true pastor, a true prophet, apostle, whatever. Um, Their, their objective is to see you outshine them. Really. Um, You know, unfortunately I've had the experience of people being, who were <clears throat> had taken the place of pastor in my life who have been very insecure about the giftings um that were on my life and wanted to suppress me and um didn't give me opportunities to speak like I'm giving brother Malachi and uh, that isn't to you know toot his horn um but it is to the bible says give honor where honors due and um and so it, it was an honor to see uh, the first time you were prophesying and uh, the Lord had given me the green light and say, you know, throw Malachi in the water and, and I will put words in his mouth. And just one by one had prophetic words that all just align one by one. And uh, I love what you're saying, you know, speaking against psychics. And I, I thought I was like, man, we don't need psychics. God has given us prophets. <laughs> Amen. And, and so the thing is psychics they can tell you stuff they can tell you they can you know give your bank account number and all that nonsense <clears throat> but only the lord's prophets lead you out of bondage amen that's what they do and they point to christ and um and so um but i love what he was saying earlier about gifting and it's true um god god has given the fivefold ministers to the body to help you cultivate those gifts. And um, sometimes it will be things that you don't want to hear or things that you don't want to do. Um, and it's a stretching. You know, I remember someone had come out, uh, I'll, I'll stop here.